air. Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. Good to see you this morning. Good to be together. It's been a wonderful day so far. It's a blessing to be together and to be able to study together. I want to give you a couple of announcements real quick before we jump into our study. First, I want to remind you of the gospel meeting coming up. Big deal. Very big deal. It's going to be kind of a singing gospel meeting, uh, and that's going to start two weeks from today. So wanna wanna just kind of remind you of that. I know the elders will continue to remind you of that, but that's a big deal. Wanna have a good turnout for that meeting. I think it's gonna help us tremendously as a congregation. Brother Scott Wyatt will be with us. So we're excited about that and we're looking forward to that. Please make sure you have that on your calendar. Be ready to support that effort. Appreciate the elders putting that together. Secondly, wanna remind you of new Bible reading schedules. That's a big deal. Very, very big deal. And we can't emphasize that enough. Uh, today, or this week, marks the, the end of the Bible reading schedule from last year. So we finish up Acts 28 this week. New schedules will be coming out next Sunday. Next Sunday. So please be ready for the new schedules. If you're like me, I prefer the paper, the paper schedules. So make sure you get a copy of one next week. They'll be available to you. They'll be in the lobby. Grab you one. Get ready to start going through it. We're going to do kind of the same format we did uh, this past year. We're going to read one chapter a week, really immerse ourselves. And the thing we're going to be looking at, and the elders will talk more about this next week, is we're going to be looking at the writings of the Apostle Paul. We're going to be looking at a lot of the letters of Paul. So we want to please make sure you get a schedule next week. That's a big deal. Get that. Put that in your Bible. Keep up with that, please. And today we start a new quarter of classes. Here in the auditorium, as the slides suggest, we're going to begin a series of lessons on Bible authority. We're going to talk about Bible authority. I appreciate the shepherds for thinking this is a very big deal because it is a big enough deal to have it here in the auditorium. So as we get ready to start that class, got to make sure everybody's got a book. Everybody got a book. If you don't have a book, raise your hand. Where is Chad? Chad may be somewhere around here or, or Dave. Want to make sure you have a book. You're going to need a book. We're going to be going through a workbook uh, this whole quarter. So if you don't have a book, keep your hand raised. Brother Dave, one of our shepherds, he's going he's to be passing out books. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate that, sir. As he, turn, as he passes out the books, I want to say a few words of thank you to a few people. I want to thank Brother Brian Sheely for helping me with this, putting the cover together, doing a lot of the graphics work. He helped me tremendously with this. I really appreciate him doing that. He is a great blessing to me uh, and helping me with these kinds of things. I want to thank Lisa, Lisa Boren. I want to thank my wife also for helping me with proofreading. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. I don't know what I would do without good proofreaders because I can be terrible with initial drafts. So I appreciate that. I want to thank, and I want to thank Brother Chad for uh, copying the books and and putting the things together. I think him and Abby do that together. Really appreciate that. Uh, that. We're just blessed with so many people who do things behind the scenes to help these kinds of things come to pass. Before we begin this journey of going through this class together, since, as you can see, this class contains people from different spectrums of, of ages. We got young people here. You see these young people right here. And I'm thankful that, that the young people are here so since this class has people 
coming from an age bracket as young as 12 all the way to maybe 90 or so. That's a big gap. That, that's, a, that's a big gap there. And so we, we got to be sensitive to that. So since we have that, and since this material that we're going to look at needs to be covered in a specific amount of time, we got about three months to get through all this material. And since this subject matter is subject matter that can become chaotic in a Bible class setting, and it can lead to all kinds of chasing rabbits, which we're not going to do here. Uh, what I want to do is I'm going to lay out some rules. We've got to lay out some rules for a class like this. And I'm going to ask you humbly, I'm going to ask you very humbly to respect these rules. Respect these rules for every class. Because we've got different ages, we've got a lot of material, we've got to stay on topic, so we've got to follow some rules. And the first rule is this. Please limit yourself to one comment a class. One comment a class, with the exception of being the elders. There's not many perks to being an elder, but one of them is you can talk whenever you want to in a Bible class. <laughs> so the elders, the shepherds, can make as many comments as they desire, because they leave this church. And I have the respect for their position as shepherds, but everyone else, please, Limit yourself to one comment a class. So if you have your hand up and I don't call on you, that means you've gone past your one limit. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make be, be honest about this and upfront ahead of time. We have to limit ourselves to one comment a class because we, wanna, we want everybody to say something. We want people to feel like they can talk, so we don't want you know, just a few people making all the comments. We want one comment a class. Secondly, make sure your comments are on topic. So don't get ahead of me. You know, you may have some things that you're thinking down the line. No, just stay with the topic. Don't, don't get ahead of me. We got to take this slow because, again, we got these young people here. So we got we to gotta take this slow. For a lot of folks in here, this may be the first time you've heard a class on this. So we got to take this slow. Okay? Thirdly, Come to class with an open mind. You know, you may have some preconceived notions on these things we're going to talk about. You may even have some things you may disagree with that you've heard me teach before on this subject. And that's fine. But I ask you humbly to at least come to the class with an open mind. You ever studied with folks who believe different than you do? Maybe they're part of denominational churches and you said to them, Will you study with me with an open mind? Have you ever said that to someone before? How about we take our own medicine? Let's take our own medicine. Let's come to class with an open mind. Let's do what we demand others to do when they study with us. I'm going to ask you to do that, please. I want to ask you to also come to class with a desire to grow, to learn. One thing I don't want to do is use our class as a time to bash the other side. You know what I mean when I say that. That does no good. I grew up on the other side. And many of you know what I mean when I say that, on the other side of the church. And when I heard the other side then just use their time to bash, that, didn't, that wasn't effective for me. That didn't make me want to listen. That didn't make me want to learn. That, that, that hardens people's hearts. So I believe 
that if we just use our time to study the Bible and open up the Bible and rightly divide the Bible, the truth will, will expose error. Would you agree with that? We don't have to use our time to bash the other side and use all kind of political terms to describe the other side. We don't have to do that. Let's just study the Bible, rightly divide the Bible, look at what the Bible says about this, and then I think the, honest, the people with honest hearts will be able to see it. They'll see it. And let's do it in love, because it's all about love. And it's ultimately all about honoring Jesus. Let's come to this class every time with a desire not to make it seem like we're so right and the other side is so wrong and we're more holier than everyone else. No, we want to honor Jesus. We want Monta Vista to remain a sound congregation, to remain a congregation that has strong elders and is training up future elders and future preachers and deacons and preachers' wives and elders' wives who are sold 100% on what the Bible says, on Bible authority and how to accurately apply Bible authority. So we want to come to this class with an open mind, with humility, a desire to grow, and to honor the Lord. Can, we, can, can you help me keep these rules? Would you mind doing that, please? Let's keep these rules. I think we'll have a good class if we do that. Let's bow our heads and let's have a prayer at this time. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we are so thankful, Father, for the opportunity you've given us, Father, to come together, to open up our Bibles, and to grow and to learn about your scriptures and how to accurately apply your scriptures and respect your scriptures. We pray, Father, that you would bless us to have humble hearts, to come here with a desire to learn and grow and to learn how to respect you and honor you at the highest level. We're so thankful, Father, for your word, and we pray for our young people who are in this class and every student and every teacher in this place. We pray for our shepherds also as they lead us in Jesus' name, and amen. So go to your table of contents uh, there, and let's just kind of briefly look at that. Lesson two, false standards of authority. Kind of just want to show you what we're going to be going through. Our lesson today is going to be, why should we study this? We're going to have a class on the false standards of authority, false standards that people use in various places to establish authority. We want to talk about inspiration, the inspiration of the scriptures, and how we can trust the inspiration of the scriptures. We're going to talk about how God talks to us, how God speaks to us, how God has talked to people in times past. We want to talk about the wrong attitudes that some people have about Bible authority. Some of the negative things people have to say about this, this, this topic we're discussing and what we need to understand to combat that. We're going to talk about how to establish Bible authority, the difference between generic and specific authority, aids and additions, what's the difference between those things. We want to talk about respecting the silence of God and why that is so important. We want to then dig into the church. We want to talk about the difference between the universal church and a local church and how local churches are to be independent and autonomous. And then we're going to use a couple of classes to talk about the difference between the work of a church and the work of an individual. And then we're going to close this by talking about authority in our daily lives in a very practical way. So as you can see, this book has contains nothing about going through, you know, the times of the 50s and things like that and about the split in the church. We're not going to deal with that. I want to get down to the foundation. I want to dig deeper than that. 
I want to go to what the Bible actually says about this. Look carefully what the scriptures say about rightly dividing the word. And I think if we get down to just what the Bible says, everything else is going to make sense. Everything else that makes sense if we just get down to what the Bible has to say. So let's start here. Go to Genesis chapter 3 in your Bible, please. Genesis chapter 3, I'm going to ask you that before every class, you do your best if you can to prepare for, your, for the class, do the Bible lessons, look over the lessons, it'll help you be able to come to class for a good discussion, I believe. We're going to go back to the beginning. Brother Brian just gave us a wonderful lesson going back to the beginning, going back to Genesis 1 and 2. I'm going to go to Genesis 3 now. Now, I want to show you something from Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, beginning with verse number 1, the Bible says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, as God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die. For God knows in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that it, the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from his fruit and ate and also gave to her husband with her and he ate. What I want you to see there in those passages as we start this, this, these series of lessons is here in those verses we see, we see when sin entered into the world. We find sin entering to the world. We find Adam and Eve sinning against God. They sinned against God when they listened to the serpent who is the devil. I want you to notice how the devil persuaded them, deceived them into disobeying God by causing them to question three things about God. The first thing he caused them to question about God is he caused them to question God's goodness. God is good, but the devil caused them to question that. He caused them to second guess God's willingness and desire to look out for their best interests. God told you not to eat from this. He's not really looking out for you. He knows that if you eat from this forbidden tree, you're going to be like him. God is holding out on you. He caused them to question God's goodness. Secondly, he also caused them to question God's wisdom. God doesn't know what is best. You think God knows what is best, but he doesn't. He, once again, is holding out on you. This tree has something good for you, and God is trying to rob you of something good. He doesn't know what's best for your life. He calls them to question God's goodness, God's wisdom, and then thirdly, God's authority. You don't need to listen to God. Yes, God may have said that, but you don't really need to submit to that. You don't really need to do that. You need to listen to me. See, he caused them to question God's goodness, God's wisdom, and God's authority. And God continues to, to watch people follow that same path today. You see, even today, the devil continues to work very hard to cause people to question God's authority, to not respect God's authority, to say, well, yeah, God may have said that, but he really doesn't mean that. He really, his way is really not the best way. We have a better way of doing things. 
That same stuff goes on today. In fact, this issue of authority is one that we, we find all throughout the Bible. It is something that goes from cover to cover. You know, just like in our time today, a lot of people struggle with submitting to God's authority. This is nothing new. It's found all throughout the Bible. So what we're going to do is we're going to make a little list. Hope you did your lesson ahead of time because we need to talk a little bit about why this issue is so important. Why do we need to study this? Why do we need to care and respect and devote a whole quarter of classes to the authority of God? Where in the Old Testament do we see the issue of authority mattering? And where do we find it also in the New Testament? Now, I'm going to teach y'all about me this morning. I want you to know something about me. I want you to know something. I could have been a doctor. You know how, you know how I could have been a doctor? Look at my writing right now. I'm going to show you. Okay, so <laughs> let's make a little list here. Let's make a little list here. I want someone to tell me we're going to go through the Old Testament. The Old Testament. I want to know where in the Old Testament... Do we see the issue of authority mattering? And for those of you sitting in the back, I'm sorry you can't see this. Here's the lesson to learn about that. You shouldn't sit in the back. So <laughs> let's go through this. Okay, so you don't have to give me all five things you put on your list. Give me one thing. Who's got, raise your hand if you got one thing. Yes, Brother Nelson, go ahead, sir. Numbers 21. Brother Nelson, can you explain that? Can you elaborate on that more, sir, please? Yes. Oh, that is an excellent point. So Brother Nelson brings up the example of Numbers 21, 6 through 9, when God gave specific instructions concerning the bronze serpents and how they were to be healed from the serpent bites. And Jesus actually brings it up later. Um, and in his ministry, he brings up being lifted up and how that would be talking about him being lifted up by um, dying on the cross. But the point is, that is a historical event and God's authority doing it God's way mattered in that moment. That's an excellent one. Anyone else got one? Brother Ryan. Yes, sir. Deuteronomy 1. What was the rest of that, sir? 32. Can you elaborate on yours, please? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. So you got the reason they wandered in the wilderness was why? They didn't, have faith in God. they didn't do it when God said do it. God said, go take the land at a certain time. They didn't do it God's way. And the result was you punish. So if God's authority didn't matter, then, hey, they could have did it whenever they wanted to. But they got punished because they didn't submit to God's authority. That's very good. Okay, so we got Numbers 21, 6 through 9. Deuteronomy 132, the Israelites wandering in the wilderness. Anyone else got one? Who is that in the very, is that you, Brent, back there? Go ahead, sir. I got Genesis 19, 17 through 26, where Joseph and his wife and Genesis 19, with Lot and his wife. God gave them specific instructions to leave the city of Sodom. And to not look back. And Lot's wife looked back 
and she turned into a pillar of salt. Why? Because she didn't respect God's authority. She didn't do what God said to do. These are good. Y'all are coming up with things I didn't even think of. Very good, James. Yes, sir. Good one. Oh, man, my handwriting's terrible. Leviticus 10, Nadab, and I think that's one and two. Yeah, uh, one through, what's that, sir? Leviticus 10, verses one and two. Okay, so Nadab and Abihu were sons of Aaron, priests, and the Bible says they offered up strange fire. Some translations may even say unauthorized fire, and God punished them because they didn't offer worship to God that he was pleased with. Uh, is that you, Kevin? Go ahead, sir. Number 16.1. So Korah, the, the, the example of Korah there is interesting because the rebels rejected God's pick to, to be of, of Moses and Aaron. They didn't like that. They didn't like that God had picked Moses and Aaron to be in the positions they were in. So that is a rejection of God's authority because God picked those men. And that we can make application to that today when we don't submit to the elders of the church. We're rejecting God's authority. We're not just rejecting the elders' authority. Most importantly, rejecting God's authority because God is the one who gave the qualifications for these men. That's a great one. Uh, Brother Mitch, yes, sir. Is that Exodus 26, 30, sir? Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. I, man, y'all still, now y'all starting to get on my territory a little bit. That's good stuff because that is, that is a really good one because if you look at that section of Exodus, God over and over again tells Israel to do it his way. You follow the pattern for the construction of the tabernacle. And that is an example of God wanting Israel to respect his authority. Don't do it your way. You do it my way. God was very specific about that. Brother Mike, yes, sir. Uh, Genesis 22, 1 through 14, the story of Isaac's uh, offering. Oh, nice. That Moses had, or, excuse me, uh, Abraham had faith in God, even though it seemed ridiculous. And then he was blessed by the That's another one I had on my list, Genesis 22. Can you imagine how difficult that must have been? To hear God tell you to take your son that you've been waiting so 25 years for and go kill him. You talk about God requiring something hard for someone to do. That's hard. But Abraham did it. He was going to do it. The Bible says he took his son and they made that journey and he had faith God was going to work it all out. That is a great example of a man submitting to God's authority when it was very hard to do. Because this man is being told to kill your son that you have with your wife that you've been waiting 25 years for. And God has made the promises through this son. I don't understand this God. I don't get it. Why would you give him to me and you don't want me to kill him? I trust you, though. I'm going to submit to your authority. Yes, ma'am, Carolyn. Yes. Changing. Changing colors here. So Daniel 3. So we had Genesis 22 for those in the back. 
We had Exodus 26.30 for those in the back. Then Daniel 3, Shadrach, Meshach. Say how you said that. I like how you said that name again. Abednego. I was going to say Abednego, but yeah, it's all good. Yes, because, and, and I don't want to, what, what was your point on that again? So I don't want to, I want to emphasize your point. So they were law-abiding citizens in, in the Babylonian Empire, a heathen empire. But when, when they were told by the king to get involved in idolatry, to bow down to a huge statue that represented the king, they said, no, we respect God. And if it means you got to kill us, you got to burn us up, we're willing to go through that because we submit to God over men. Very good. A couple of more. Yes, Jason. Yes, sir. Oh, man, Very, that was on my list, too. Second Samuel 6, for those in the back, Uzzah and the Ark. You know, that, that, Jason, to many people is a very disturbing story. People wonder, why would God kill Uzzah? I mean, maybe he was trying to do something good by keeping the Ark from hitting the ground. Well, when you look at the law carefully, God was very specific in his instructions pertaining to the Ark. The ark was a holy object in Israel, and God only wanted certain people to touch it, carry it, and he even had instructions on how it was to be carried, and none of that was being done at that moment as David was moving it to Jerusalem. So all of this was wrong, and the reason why it was wrong is because David later found out they didn't do it according to the pattern. They didn't do it according to the scriptures. So Uzzah lost his life. Because ultimately, David started this whole process by doing things unauthorized. So that is a great example of showing us how authority is a big issue to God. So, so big of an issue, it cost us his life. He touched the ark. He had no right to do that. Very good. Peggy, yes, ma'am. Exodus 17. Yes, that was Numbers. What again? 20. Yes. Numbers 20. That's on my list too. So that's interesting also because the first time this happened, which is Exodus 17, Exodus 17, Moses hit the rock and water came out of it. The second time God told him to speak to the rock and he hit it and water still came out. But Moses sinned, and God said that Moses didn't treat him holy in that moment. So that's a great example of showing us that the ends don't justify the means. Water came out, but the means that Moses went about to get the water the second time was wrong, and that actually cost him the promised land. That cost him the promised land because he didn't treat God holy. He didn't respect God. He didn't get water out of the rock doing it the way God said to do it. That's a great example. Great example. Yes, Rick. Genesis uh, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. When Cain became angry and the Lord approached him and told him sin was crouching at the door. Yeah. And then he said, you must rule over it. Oh, man, that's really good. You know, that whole thing with Cain and Abel, you brought up Cain and Abel, sin crouching at the door. Even Cain's whole situation 
of being not pleasing to God there was a result of him not worshiping God and the way God has said. That's why God accepted Abel's worship, didn't accept his worship. And I'm not going to get into you know, all the details as to what Cain did to mess up. All I know is that God wasn't pleased with it. He did something that he wasn't supposed to do. And that whole situation, which led later to murder and other things, goes back to God's authority. Not respecting God's authority. Tony, a couple more, then we're going to get moving. Yes, sir, Tony. Where are you? What, what, what book? Yeah. We're, we're not in New Testament yet. Hold that to New Testament. Hold on. Yes, Vanessa. Oh, I like that. First Samuel 26. We're going to learn about that more in our, in our lessons about David. I really like that about David. How David had so many chances to, king, to kill Saul. Saul hated David. He wanted to kill him, but he wouldn't. You know why? Because he respected God's authority. He said God put him as the king. He is God's anointed. And even though he's trying to kill me, he's done me wrong, I'm not going to touch him because of God's authority. That's very good. Uh, a couple more. Don, yes, sir. Jonah, all four chapters. <laughs> Jonah, the book of Jonah. So what, was, what is your observation on Jonah there, Don? He had the job to do. He chose Jonah to do it. And it proves to Jonah why it was Jonah is running from God. Why? Because he doesn't want to submit to God's authority. And, and God says, oh, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. You're going to spend three days in the belly of a fish, but you're going to do it. Even though, and even at the end of the book, Jonah still doesn't like what God has done. He had a, he's a prophet who struggled with God's sovereignty, understanding that, appreciating that, and even submitting to that. Two more real quick. Yes, Sean Michael. Yes, sir. Oh, yep. Going back to where we started, Genesis 2. What was the rest of that, 16 and 17? Very good. This whole sin entered into the world because of a lack of respecting God's authority. Adam and Eve had to learn that the hard way. One more, then we got to stop here. Yes, Chad. Uh, the old and the young 13, 13. Man, Chad, I just knew nobody was going to think of that one. <laughs> I had that on my list. I was like, I won't hit them. They're not going to think of this one. Chad, I should have known you would have got it. What, what, what was that first Kings what? Yes. Man, Chad, you made me, you took away my thunder today. First Kings 13, the story of the old prophet and the young prophet. That is a, that is a great one because the young prophet, if, if you remember that story, was told by God to go and announce judgment against Jeroboam. He does his job, but God also told him not to stop and eat anywhere in Bethel, and he listened to a false prophet say it was okay. Oh, you come spend time with me, it's okay. And that young prophet, when he did that, he got killed later. A lion killed him. He didn't make it back home because he didn't respect God's authority. So that's an example of a man who did something good in the beginning, but he still got God's judgment later because he listened to the wrong source. He listened to a man instead of listening to God. Man, that's good. I'm sorry I can't take any more. We're going to get to the New Testament here in just a second. And we're not, in a, we're not in a big hurry here. If we don't get done with lesson one, we'll finish it Wednesday. But I want to show you some of the things on my list that I put. 
and I got them on the slide, and you can jot these things down, okay? Um, the first one I had put on my list is, I had put on my list, obviously, Genesis, Genesis 3, the things uh, by Adam and Eve, as Sean Michael brought up. I brought up Noah. Look at Genesis 6.22. In Genesis 6 and verse number 22, when it came to the ark and God telling Noah to build the ark, this is a great passage that shows you why Noah found so much favor with God. Genesis 6.22 says, Thus Noah did according to what? All. All that God had commanded him. So he did. He did everything God said. That's why he found favor with God, or one of the reasons why. He respected God's authority. I put on here Abraham. Mike brought up Abraham. That's a good one, Mike. And Abraham and Isaac, how Abraham submitted to what God said, even though it was hard to do. Pharaoh's a good one. Look at Exodus chapter 5. Remember when Moses came to Pharaoh and Moses said that God said, you know, let his people go. We want to go worship in the wilderness. And in verse number 2, Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should what? Obey his voice. I don't know the Lord. He says, I don't know the Lord. Besides, I will not let Israel go. I don't know your God. I don't respect him. I'm not going to submit to what he says. That's a great example, I believe, of someone who did not care who, about who God was. He did not want to respect God's authority. And he had to learn the hard way that God was over him. The tabernacle, like Mitch brought up. The tabernacle. I put on mine to go with yours, Mitch, Exodus 40. And I put that on there because there's a repetitive device that I really like in Exodus 40 when it talks about the Israelites and Moses and what they did with the tabernacle. Verse number 16, thus Moses did according to all the Lord commanded him, so he did. Verse 19, at the end of verse 19, just as the Lord had commanded Moses at the end of verse 21, just as the Lord had commanded Moses at the end of verse 23, just as the Lord had commanded Moses at the end of verse 25, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. You see the pattern? Moses did it God's way. He built the tabernacle the Lord's way, not his way. Put on there Moses also, Numbers 20, the one Peggy brought up, uh, why he didn't get to make it to the promised land. He didn't obey God's instructions when it came to getting water from the rock. Uzzah, like Jason brought up, put that one on my list, thought that was a good one. Put on here David from 2 Samuel 7. We'll talk about that in a lesson later on this year. But there came a time when David wanted to build God a temple. Remember that? He wanted to build a temple for the Lord. And Nathan, the prophet, told him, hey, it's okay, go ahead and do that. And later on, the Lord came back and said, no, that's not okay. So Nathan's got to go back to David and say, oops. Should have checked with God first on that one. You're not going to build the temple. And God was going to have Solomon build it. But David at first got the green light from Nathan. But the problem was Nathan didn't get that information from God. He got that from himself. And David had to realize, no, you're not going to build the temple. Solomon's going to build it. Naaman. Did anybody think of Naaman? That's one. That's a good one, isn't it? He wasn't going to get healed of his leprosy until he submitted to God's authority. He had to dip in the Jordan River. Seven times. Only then would he be cleansed. The man of God also, like, like Brother Chad brought up. I thought that was a good one. Okay, so as we get ready to wrap our class up, let's now talk about New Testament a little bit.
I want to talk about some New Testament. For those in the back, I'll try to repeat this for you, okay? Uh, I used the wrong one. Jason, I should have used the ones you gave me. Um, I'll try to repeat this for y'all in the back as well so y'all can hear that. So I'm not going to make this list as big as the previous one because of a lack of time. But we'll try to get about six or seven of these examples in the New Testament where authority clearly mattered. Who's got one? Yes, Lance. Excellent. Matthew 26. Can I put that on there, Lance? Matthew 26, where Jesus prayed to the Father that the cup of suffering be removed from him, yet not as my will, but your will be done. That is a clear demonstration of Jesus submitting to the authority of the Father. Absolutely. Brother Gary, yes, sir. Hebrews 5. God, eight. as the Son of Man, has been yielded to the authority. Hebrews 5 8, for those in the back. Hebrews 5 8, where the scripture says Jesus learned obedience from the things he suffered. That is a verse that makes reference to Jesus submitting to the authority of the Father. Uh, anyone else? Tony, you had one from Acts. I don't want to overlook. What was yours from Acts, sir? Acts 5, I think that's 1 through 10 for those in the back. They lied about their giving. They wanted to appear to be more generous than they really were. So they're Christians, but they're hypocrites. They're hypocrites in the church. They don't respect God's authority. They suffer as a result. Anyone else? Yes, Chad. Colossians 2, binding traditions, new ideas. Paul talks about these people in Colossians 2 and how we need to avoid these kind of people. These people who are all about, you know, traditions and binding man-made ideas as though they're equal with God's law. Paul does talk about those people and the early Christians had to deal with those folks. That's a good one. Uh, anyone else? Yes, Micah. Yes, sir. Um, John 8, 3 through 11. Is that what you said? What, or what's your idea on that one, Micah? <laughs> That's good, Micah. So Micah brings up the, the, the case where the woman is caught in adultery. The woman who was caught in adultery and how these men, they, the men who brought her there, they weren't caring about God's authority. They were not trying to do what God said. But Jesus, the supreme authority, he exposed the hypocrisy. They left. And Jesus told that woman, go and sin no more. So Jesus there is laying out his authority. Yeah, that's very good. Uh, yes, yes, sir. Uh, in Acts yes, Acts 19. Acts 19. So you have there a case where some people are trying to take out a demon. You remember what the demon said? We don't know who you guys are. We know Jesus. We know Paul. So the demons even recognize authority in that situation. That's very good. Yes, Michelle. Matthew 10, 1 through 15. And what is, what is that one, Michelle? Oh, 
Oh, that's very good. So Matthew 10, 1 through 15, the limited commission. Jesus laying out of his authority, giving them specific instructions of what to do, what to stay away from, how to behave. Great example. I'm going to pop these up here real quick for you. You can jot these things down and we're going to be done. All of y'all gave some, well, these are wonderful answers here. I put on mine the Jews of Jesus' day. The Jews of Jesus' day did not want to submit to his authority for the most part, especially the religious leaders. In John 19, they say he called himself the king of the Jews. You, he's not really the king of the Jews. They told Pilate, don't write that on that sign. He's not the king of the Jews. They didn't want to submit to the Lord's authority. The lepers, remember those lepers? Jesus said, go show yourself to the priests. He said that to them before they even, were even healed. But they went and they started making their way to the priests. And as they were making their way, what happened? They were healed. Got to submit to Jesus' authority. Then they were healed. The rich young ruler. Why didn't he follow Jesus? Jesus said, go sell all you have, give it to the poor. I don't want to do that. He went away sad. And then I put on here some passages in the New Testament where the Bible is talking to different churches. And in these passages, I put on the slide for you to jot down there. And we'll keep it up a little bit even after we leave here. Paul is talking about authority. Follow our traditions. Do things in the name of the Lord. Five of the seven churches of Asia are rebuked by Jesus because they were not submitting to his authority. Don't preach another gospel, any, any other gospel than we preach to you. Over and over again, the apostle Paul is telling the churches, listen to the authority of God. Listen to what we say, do what we say. So we'll stop right there on Wednesday. We'll finish the second half of lesson one, be ready for that. We then want to talk about the implications of these things. And then we'll probably start lesson two. I'm excited about this quarter. We're going to take it slow. I think we're going to learn some things together. I appreciate y'all so much. Thank you.